We are glad that you are listening to this audio recording produced by All Things New Church of Birmingham, Alabama. For more information regarding the ministries of All Things New Church, please visit us online at www.allthingsnew.us. I bring you greetings from Kenya. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Those of you that have been to Kenya, you know very well that in Christian circles, when we meet, we don't ask each other, how are you? All hi. Our greetings are praise the Lord. Am I on? We greet like this. Praise the Lord. And then you expect the people to shout back to you, Amen. Because really, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. When we meet, it's about worshiping and glorifying His name. Let me try it on you before I speak this morning. Praise the Lord. You can tell my boys, they know that. I want again to take a minute to thank you for your friendship, your love for Kenya. As Dr. Harmon said, so many of you were in that team that left a permanent mark in Kenya among the Maasai people of Loik Tok Tok. And the stories that come to us, testimonies, Every time I meet with the pastors from like Tok Tok, they always tell me of how you transformed many lives, not in one spot, but in the entire district. They talk of that old man who had been blind, not like the Bible days where it says he was blind since birth, but this man had cataract that had blighted him. And you all remember when he was taken to the hospital and the cataracts removed, he started seeing. And that is one story in his village that everybody said, those doctors came to help our friend start seeing. Stories like those. And we praise the Lord for your coming. We know that you are coming back again. Because in Africa we say, if you visit me once and you don't come a second time, you are sending a message that I didn't do a good job of receiving you the first time. And so, yes, you have told me you enjoyed it, but I will know when I see you back again. I've come with my family and I don't want to take my time. Um, You know my family, but I also brought with me um, a lady who was what we call charter member. She was there when Agape opened its doors in Kenya in 1993. Actually, she was the leader of the women when we started the ministry in Kenya. Actually, when we started, we didn't have any place for people to sit. She was among the ladies that provided uh, some uh, beautiful sheets for people to sit on the grass because we sat on the grass and I want to acknowledge Mama Maua and her daughter uh, that is Mama Maua we call her Mama Maua and her daughter 
aseo. <clears throat> Amen. I want to speak to you on the subject, a church where no one stands alone. A church where no one stands alone. As we read the text in the book of Acts chapter 2 from 42 all the way down to 47. I am a church planter. I pioneer opening many areas that didn't have churches and we go and plant churches. And the people who ask me, what denomination do you belong? What kind of yeah, faith are you from? Are you Presbyterian? Are you Episcopal? Are you Pentecostal? Are you, what are you? What are you? Because people like knowing what you are. And I tell them, wait a minute. I'm just, I'm not Pentecostal. I'm not Presbyterian. I'm not Episcopal. But I believe in the Bible. And the church that we are planting in your area, I tell them, the church we are planting in your area is a church that will model the New Testament church. And so allow me this evening to talk about that New Testament church. The New Testament church is a model of what a church should look like. It is good to note that church of the New Testament was planted immediately after the Pentecost. Immediately after the day when the flaming tongues rested upon the 120 believers who were gathered in a room. And Jesus had told them to wait there. You also remember this New Testament church was immediately after the great summon by Peter where 3,000 people came to know Jesus Christ. Among the many things we can learn from this church is that the believers, the saints, the brothers and the sisters, they had learned to stay together and practiced community. To me, that is foundational. They had learned to stay together and practiced community. It was a church where no one stood alone. Friends, it is important we know that community matters. Somebody said, community in the church is as important as oxygen is for us to live. It is important. Why? Because God himself is community. In the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verses 26, he didn't do it alone. He said, let us 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so if God is community, and He created us in His image, therefore, we are wired to be a people of community. So anything outside that is rebellion to what God would want to happen. Community should be seen in the church. Somebody said the success of the church is where we sense that we belong to one another. With the masks off. A place you walk in and you feel you are part of. You belong. That is the success that need to be seen in the church. The opposite is true today. Those who suffer, you know very well, they suffer alone. Those who suffer, they suffer alone. Community is very important. Even Jesus emphasized on it when he said, wherever two or three will gather in my name, my presence is assured. And you know God's presence is key to everything. He told Moses, you go. My presence will be with you. It will turn your pains into joy. We need his presence. And his presence comes down. When we are together. Wherever two or three will gather in my name. Even Jesus said, I am building my church in Matthew 16. A called out people. I am building. I'm building a family. I'm building my church. My church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against this community. So the gates of hell seem to prevail when we scatter. But when we come together, the gates of hell will not prevail. A church where no one stands alone. I come from Africa. Traditional Africa, where I come from, the value of an individual is directly tied to that of the community. My value, I am valueless unless it is connected to where I come from. That's why you, you find in Africa we have got brothers, we have got sisters, we have got extended families. I am valueless unless I am defined by the people I live among. Coming to the body of Christ, it is important we know that my identity should be informed by the people I work, I fellowship with. Because nobody is considered to be an island. In fact, there's a, a saying by an African theologian who said, I am because you are, and because you are, I am. Now, that is not biblical, I must say. But it makes sense. Though it is not biblical, it makes sense. What he did, he had removed God when he said it. The guy said it, but he removed God. I am because of God. Because of God, I am. And you are. And also because I am, you are. And because you are, I am. But all is tied 
by God. I need to say that our differences, how we see things, how we understand things, our differences, whether it is political differences, how we understand things, should not really be basis of dividing us, but they are our assets, but not our liabilities. Opportunities often come through other people, even those with whom we disagree. Did you know that? Opportunities come through other people, even people that you disagree. They could be the ones holding your miracle. They could be the ones holding your blessing. They could be holding something that you so much need. People that you disagree. They could be holding what you have been waiting for all this time. Let me go to the text we read and see four things that show us how this New Testament church maintained community. What did they do to remain together? What did they do to maintain community? Because the devil, the Bible says, he is the thief. He comes to steal community. He comes to kill community. He comes to destroy community. But what did these brothers do? What did they do to make sure that they maintained community? So that their church from day one was a church where no one stood alone. But everybody felt part of the whole. Part of the fellowship. Felt the belonging. Of course it is good you understand the importance and I don't want to talk about that. But as we read, these brothers were meeting in small groups. In small groups. Of course, we live in the days of mega churches. The bigger it is, the better they say. And I pastor a church in Nairobi. But let me tell you that it's so beautiful to learn to be in small groups where everybody knows everybody. In fact, the archaeologists tell us that in the first 120 years in the New Testament, there wasn't any foundation found of a huge sanctuary. The first 120 years, there wasn't any foundation of a building like this found. So big churches started coming around AD 160. These guys were experts in meeting in small groups of 10 people, 20 people, maximum 30. But anyway, they did four things. Quickly, number one, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The Bible. Reading the Bible. Bible study. Eating the word. They devoted themselves the word of God became the gum, the cement that put them together. There were people who, according to Matthew 5, 6, they were hungry for God 
Blessed are they who hunger for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That hunger motivated, they are coming together. The desire for God, listen to this, is the most fundamental appetite for all. So everyone in that fellowship had an appetite, a desire for God. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You know, if we deny that that appetite for God is there, if we deny it, we shall only divert it to some other objects. But the appetite for God, when he created you and I, he put that in us. And we need to hunger, to hunger, to hunger for God. Of course, hunger, we know that hunger is a deep longing and a strong desire that aches desperately until it is satisfied. I don't know if you have ever been hungry. I have been a few times. And there's something that aches everywhere when you are hungry. Headache, pain, the body starts making noise. The feet start becoming weak. You feel like you cannot, they cannot support you anymore. There is aching everywhere, hunger. And that's what I'm talking about. These, these members of the New Testament church had a hunger for God that ached until they sat and ate the word of God together. I know very well about hunger because I come from Africa and some places there people are very hungry. Even Kenya right now we have drought of two years, no rain. The people you left in like Tok Tok. Some of them you may never see them again. I mean exactly that because um, hunger has taken toll on many people in our country at this time. But did you know that hunger is a sign of healthy? When you are hungry, it shows your body is okay. The doctors will tell you that. My dad is unwell and in the hospital. And for some days he was not eating, which means he was very bad. But I called home yesterday and my mother told me, now your dad can drink one glass of milk. I said, hallelujah. Because when you start eating, it's a sign of health. So when you are hungry for God, when you devote yourself to the apostles' teaching, it's a sign of health. It's a sign of health. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. Number two, they devoted themselves to fellowship. God created us for fellowship. Please note that. He created you and I for fellowship. And Jesus modeled this. When he came, he never did it alone. But he put himself with a group of twelve. And later 120. He worked with people because of fellowship. We see that in Hebrews 10, 24. The Bible says, do not neglect the coming together of saints as it is the manner of some. But we need to meet. 
so that we stir up each other unto good works. These brothers learn to accept and respect one another's differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, the reason we don't like being close to one another is because we know we are different. We are aware of our imperfections. And we don't want other people to know about it. So we kind of stay at a distance. You, you, you stay away from me. But you know, friends, let us accept it. No one is perfect. No one is perfect. We need, we need to understand that. We are all sinners saved by grace. And so, even when you come close to me, you'll find Steve Kabachia is not perfect. Now, if, if I wanted you to think I'm perfect, I'll try to hide and put a mask. Just smile. And when you try to come closer, I go away because I don't want you to get, get, to, get to know me. In Kenya right now, we are doing a lot of road construction. Changing our infrastructure. Oh, every part of Kenya now. Even there's a road, a new road from Nairobi all the way to Roy Toksok, Tamak. Nice road. And, and, and as we travel... Where there is road work going on, we find signs written. Road other construction. Be cautious. Drive carefully. And I would like you to know that's the way we are. Even myself, I am a road other construction. When you, when you handle me, handle me cautiously. Please understand that. And I want, to, you to, I want to do the same to you. When I, when I handle you, I need to know you are still a road at a construction. God is working on you. You are not perfect. Fellowship was key in the New Testament church. This church was a generous church, which met to encourage and help each other. Everybody who had think, well, we need to be very careful here, because some people think, now the Bible says everybody sold everything they had. That's what the Bible teaches. They occasionally met to sell stuff. Occasionally. They occasionally met to sell stuff. To meet particular needs. Not that everybody sold everything. And they all brought them to, to, and stayed together in one house. That's not what the Bible teaches. Because the Bible also says, and they were moving from house to house. If they were moving from house to house... How come then that they had sold all the houses and were staying in one house? It's, it's not socialism. Fellowship is very key. Number three, very quickly, they devoted themselves to fearing God. The Bible says, and fear came upon all. In Jeremiah 5, 22. Shouldn't you not treble in my presence? Shouldn't you not treble in my presence? That is A quality that is absent in the church today. Feeling God. It's a quality that is absent in the church today. But in that early church, one of the things that made them stay together and nobody felt lonely is because there was the fear of God. And the Bible says that the 
The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. In Psalms 89 verse 7, the Bible says, In the council of holy ones, where there is fellowship and togetherness, God is feared. And church, all things new, I urge you, stay together, believe together, pray together, and may the fear of God permeate this body of believers. That you can be troubling at his presence and at his word. And finally, number four, they devoted themselves to winning the lost. I like this. I'm a pastor. And I've seen, if I don't keep my members on their feet winning souls, I'm giving room for the enemy to scatter them. And I learned from this New Testament church. See, the Bible says, and God undead to them daily. Now, daily, it was daily. I don't know what you think when you read that scripture. Do you think it was just, it just happened without anybody doing anything? Or maybe we think that, uh, you know, the, the Holy Spirit had come and there was power moving and, oh my, and people would just come to the church. No! When these guys stayed together, they were out in the streets during the day knocking doors and telling people about Jesus and, 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 and evangelizing like Peter showed them on the day of Pentecost. And that is why God added to them daily. Therefore, it was a church that was evangelistic. They were evangelistic. They used every opportunity to tell people about Christ. The Great Commission formed the basis of their unity. It was the foundational of everything they do, the Great Commission played a part. In Kenya, there's a song we like singing, like this. Oh, when the saints go marching in, oh, when the saints go marching in, oh, Lord, I want to be among the number. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Recently, I changed that song in our church. Now we sing like this. Oh, when the saints go marching on. Oh, when the saints go marching out. Oh, Lord, I want to be among the number. Oh, when the saints go marching Mashing out to bring souls. We come in, we are fed, we go out, and we win the souls. We need each other. Let us accept one another. Let us trust each other, and the journey will be easier. One can chase a thousand, but two can chase ten thousand. Two are better than one, for when one falls, the other one lifts him up. A church where no one stands alone. Friends, I don't know 
what God is telling you today. I want to read you in a prayer right now. You could be here today. And the Lord has spoken to you, not just through the scripture, but his Holy Spirit is active, working in our presence today. What have you heard God telling you? Do you feel a need of reaching out to others? Do you feel you have had a mask and you need to remove it so that you can be part of the fellowship where you don't feel afraid, you don't feel you are alone, but you feel part of the fellowship. A place that you don't stand alone, but you are part of the whole. I don't know about, I don't know everybody here, but maybe you could be here and you would want to accept the Lord to be your savior or you'd like to rededicate your life to the Lord or you just want prayer I will be very happy to pray with you shall we pray I want to Read you in this prayer and you can just pray in your heart if you need the Lord to touch you, to visit you, to meet you where you are. Heavenly Father, I admit that I am weaker and more sinful than ever before believed. But through your son Jesus, I can be more loved and accepted than I ever dared hope. I thank you that Christ lived the life I should have lived and paid the debt and the punishment I owed. Receive me now for his sake. I turn from my sins and receive him as Savior. If you prayed that prayer, just say amen where you are sitting and God will help you to walk with him from today. God bless you. Amen.